Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Wedding Lounge podcast. Another episode. It's been a while. It's been a it's been a good minute. But we just got back from Paris and London was absolutely marvelous. I apologize for my terrible UK accent to all my British viewers, which is probably zero. But nonetheless, today we have a very very important episode. Let's paint the picture. Maybe you just got engaged. The knee has touched the ground. You have said yes to one another and spending the rest of your lives with each other. And now what? Now you're lost and you're scared. Maybe you never even thought you'd get this far, but you did. So, congratulations first and foremost. But now you have a wedding to plan and you're stressed and scared. and freaking out. That's okay. That's that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for. We're going to help you today with three things that I suggest every engaged couple do as soon as they start planning their wedding or are ready to start planning their wedding. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Let's get the show started. Okay, let's get right into the episode. Now, I will preface this with saying that these are three basic things that I suggest every couple do. But wedding planning, I mean, has a complexity of different things that you can plan and arrange and it can get really, really complex. You can try and calculate the exact 45 degree angle of the sun as your ceremony's commencing at 3:55 p.m. You can try and make trees fly. I was being sarcastic, but you can actually do that. They're called hanging gardens and they're very beautiful. But today we are not speaking of hanging gardens and all the other complexities of wedding planning. Today we're giving you three basic fundamental things I suggest all of our couples do as they're looking to start planning their wedding day. You really can't go wrong with these. And to be honest, when have I ever led you astray? Never. And to prove that I made a little like a thought bubble here. You know, I haven't done this maybe since elementary, but for you guys, I will. So, number one, the first thing I want you to do is absolutely nothing. Now I know what you're thinking, Adrian. You're crazy. I'm already freaking out. I know. It's okay. You're gonna have plenty of time to freak out in this process. I promise you. But very often I get a lot of couples coming to me and telling me after their wedding day, you know, I don't really remember what it felt like to be engaged. I felt like I didn't process it because as soon as I did get engaged, I turned into a full-time wedding planner. It's really really good to take some time to just let it settle in. Take some time to enjoy being engaged. Now, I understand that everyone is planning a wedding on a different timeline. Some people may have one year, other people may have 6 months, you may have 3 months. So, whether you take 
a month to let it settle in, or a week, or simply a weekend, I suggest you just take some time. Use this time to really let it all settle in and speak first and foremost to your fiance, but to your friends and family as well. This is a great opportunity to really get to know each other's wants, each other's needs, each other's non-negotiables as you start planning the wedding day. Ask your significant other, is there anything that you've dreamed of when it comes to your wedding day? Is there something you always thought of or is there something you've always wanted? You may be surprised. Maybe your fiance has had a family tradition for weddings for many, many generations and you just hadn't heard about it. Or maybe there's just something in the back of their head that they always envision doing on their wedding day. This is a great time to really talk about all those things before you get into the wedding planning process. Now here's a little bonus tip. I wanna put you guys on some game here. <laughs> if uh, there are individuals that are very, very important to you that you would like to be a part of the wedding day and they were not present at the engagement, this is a good idea, in my opinion, and maybe something I would suggest you do. I would suggest giving them a phone call or a text message or a video FaceTime call and letting them know the news first before you share it on your social medias or share it with the rest of the world. If these people are special to you and you want them to be possibly part of your bridal party or you just want them to play a special role in your wedding day, it's always nice to go the extra mile and make them feel special. Maybe a short text message, hey, I wanted to share some really great news with you. I just got engaged, can't believe it. A quick FaceTime call, hey, guess what? Maybe show them the ring, I just got engaged. Oh my goodness, I wanted to share this with you first. This will not only make them feel like they're part of a little exclusive club that knew before the rest of the world, but if you would like them to be part of your bridal party, they may be more willing to do that or more willing to help in any uh, wedding planning duties or make themselves available because you made them feel extra important, extra special. It's always a nice touch. You don't have to do it, but something I suggest, and it'll make a lot of things easier if that's something you have planned. Okay, you can you can thank me a you can you can send me a thank you card later for that. Just a little little extra tip I'm throwing in there. Okay, number two. After doing absolutely nothing, now we do quite a bit. Now we get things going. Now number two is a, a variety of things, but I'm encompassing them all into one step. So the first thing you want to do is you want to figure out the who, the what, the where, and the how much. Now, let's start with the who. This is your guest list. Now, once again, I know what you're thinking, Adrian, a guest list already? Yeah, this is a great time to start your guest list if you haven't already. Now, I know that a guest list can change and it will vary and it will be the topic of a lot of discussions, conversations, hopefully not arguments, but maybe arguments. But you don't have to have your whole guest list figured out. It's just very good to have a base. When you look out during your ceremony, when you look out during your reception, who do you see there that makes the day complete? 
These are really the non-negotiables. It can be your five closest friends. It can be your 15 college roommates. That's a lot of roommates. <laughs> it can be whatever people are very important to you. It can be 50 people, maybe both sides of the family. If you have a bigger family, it can be 80 people, etc., etc. But make sure that you have a base of the non-negotiables. Now, let's say your base is 80 people. Now, you can have a rough estimate that your guest list may be between 120 to 150 people. I know that's still a wide range and a wide gap, but it gives you a much better idea of the people that you will be inviting to your wedding day. This not only makes your life easier because you have certainty as to who's getting invited, but it will make the rest of the planning process easier. So many things rely or build upon your guest list. When you're going to look for a venue, the first thing they're going to ask you is how many people are you looking to accommodate? You go to a caterer, how many people are you looking to feed? You go to a designer, how many people are we designing for? How many chairs, tables, centerpieces do we need? You go to a photographer, they're going to ask you, do I need an assistant? What's your guest count? Is it going to be intimate? Is it going to be big? So many things rely upon your guest list. So I suggest you get, get that going soon or at a minimum start thinking about it even before you're engaged if you know you're going to get engaged. But guest list number one, the who. Now we go to the what. What kind of wedding do you want? What kind of wedding have you dreamed of? Are you envisioning? Do you have Pinterest boards full of something you've been planning for many, many years? What kind of wedding do you want? Do you want a rustic barn wedding? Do you want a beach wedding during sunset? Do you want a city wedding in downtown New York or San Francisco? What kind of wedding uh, best fits when your personality, but will also best accommodate your family? And this leads us to the where. Once you understand what kind of wedding you and your partner want, then you know where to look. So if you want a beach wedding, you're probably not going to be looking in downtown San Francisco for venues. You will be looking in coastal towns or beach towns for these venues. That way you narrow your search and you have a better idea of what will be able to fit your needs, accommodate your needs, and all of that starts tying in together. So now you have your guest list. Now you have the type of wedding that you want. And now you have an idea of where you want it. This not only encompasses you, but it also encompasses where you may have your family traveling. Are you going to have a destination wedding? Are you going to go to Paris? Are you going to go to Italy? Do you want to have a beach wedding in Cancun? So many different things, but it's always good to figure out the vicinity or the area surrounding uh, your ideal wedding location. Now, the fourth item within the step two is how much. Yes, this is your budget. This is where things get real. Now, I know it's early to have a definite budget, but I often get a variation of this same comment. Adrian, I didn't understand how expensive weddings can be. Now, if this is you, don't be shocked, don't be surprised, don't feel bad. The wedding industry can be a very, very expensive industry. 
I believe the average cost of a wedding in the United States is about $30,000. Now, you don't need a $30,000 budget to have an amazing wedding. At the end of the day, it's about the people and the meaning of that special occasion. You can have an amazing wedding on $5,000 or $500,000. But it's good to really have an idea of what your maximum spend is what you're not willing to go beyond. This will not only help you prioritize the things that are most important to you, but it will also help you save time for yourself and for your vendors. You start to see which vendors may be out of your price range, which venues will be out of your price range, or which things you can definitely accommodate, have more of, and splurge on. So understanding how much you're willing to spend between you and your partner is very, very important. Let's say your budget is $30,000. I would even suggest your budget is $25,000. I would suggest leaving uh, some wiggle room within the budget for things that may go wrong. Spoiler alert, things will go wrong. So having, for example, that extra $5,000 gives you a peace of mind. This does not mean your budget is 30,000. It means your budget is 25. Don't dig into those $5,000 because those $5,000 will give you a peace of mind. Let's say two weeks out before your wedding, your caterer can no longer made it. Something tragic happened and he can no longer or she can no longer cater your wedding. You need a new caterer fast because your wedding is two weeks away and the new caterer is an extra $2,500 or $2,500 more than your last caterer. You don't really have much option, but because you have that extra cash that's ready in case of an emergency, you, you don't really have to change anything. Your plans proceed. The show goes on and you continue without having a complete meltdown because these things happen. Now, I hope that that does not happen, but there's always something, whether you need a couple extra guests or whether you need a couple extra hours at the end of the day because the party is that good, it's always good to have the extra wiggle room. And I mean, worst case scenario, which is best case scenario, you don't have to use those $5,000 you get to spend it on your honeymoon. You can fly first class or get a room upgrade. Or if you're moving into a new place, you can buy some new furniture. There's a lot of things that you can do with that extra cash that I really, really suggest sticking to a number below your absolute maximum spend limit. So now you've done step one, which is do absolutely nothing You've done step two, which is establish the who, the what, the where, and the how much. So now we're ready to start touring venues, right? Well, I would put a little twist on that. And I suggest you do this even before you start touring venues. I would suggest you look for trustworthy and experienced vendors within the wedding community that can be a resource to you. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, I have a lot of friends um, that have just gotten married, so I'm just going to ask them 
what happened during their wedding day, how they liked it and whatnot. This is a great thing. Trust me, this is probably one of the most fun parts of planning a wedding. You get to have wedding chats over brunch and mimosas. I highly suggest you do this and don't miss out. But let's say you ask this friend, hey, how was your ceremony at this venue? She may tell you it was the most magical day. There was not a cloud in the sky. It was sunny. The flowers were blooming and I was lost in my fiance's eyes. It was 10 out of 10. Now, that's amazing. If you ask a videographer, a photographer or a coordinator during that same day, they may say, well, it was a beautiful day, but there was not a cloud in the sky and it was really hot and all the guests left with a sunburn and grandma in the back row almost got a heat stroke. So I may be exaggerating a little bit, but the idea is that your friend has possibly only had one experience on one day planning one wedding. These vendors have had many experiences across many days, across many venues, and they can give you an objective viewpoint on your plans not only on the things that you're going to love, but possibly on the things that may go wrong or that you may run into during your wedding day. Now, I would hope that they don't discourage you from any of the plans that you have set, but maybe they can give you some solutions. So going back to that ceremony example, let's say you're set on having your wedding at this place and having this ceremony outdoors. They may say, hey, if you're planning on having this, Maybe I would suggest you have some nice white paper umbrellas for all the guests. They're inexpensive and that way everyone stays cool and fresh. Maybe ask a photographer, how's your experience at this venue? And they may tell you, well, the ceremony was beautiful. The flowers were blooming, but all the photos have their guests with, you know, their hands covering their face or they're squinting because the eyes hitting them in the face. So I would suggest this and this and this. There's so many different viewpoints that you can gather going to an experienced and trustworthy resource. Now, I understand you may not want to ask wedding planners and wedding coordinators because this is their job. This is what they get paid for. Now, I would hope that they're willing to give you something and it doesn't have to be anything complex. You don't have to ask them for a rundown of every single thing that happened on that day. But maybe a simple message, hey, I've been following your work. I love what you do. Uh, how was your experience at this place? How was your experience uh, during this time? They may tell you, hey, it was really great and give you all the rundown and give you the, the do's and the don'ts. Or they may, you know, say, hey, we can have a consultation. And, you know, maybe those $50 to $100 for an hour call is totally worth it because you have a whole game plan going into your wedding day. So seeking someone that you trust or someone that you've been following for some time can really give you clarity on your plans, but can also give you clarity on what you should continue planning for. This is a great way to get started. Now, aside from just the plans, things, they may give you completely new ideas or new concepts or maybe they know of venues that you haven't even heard of. Or maybe they're friendly with the staff and they can give you a little, you know, a little bump through the door and maybe get you an extra hour of dancing or they give you a special referral and you get some type of special treatment. You really can't go wrong. So 
I highly suggest you reach out to a vendor or someone within the community that you admire, that you trust, that has experience, and just try and you know get some get some data. This this is all about collecting data on on things that you are either concerned about, things that you are looking forward to, etc. etc. This will make the planning process so much easier. I promise. I know it's not something that's talked about often because sometimes we all kind of have this DIY mentality, but it's okay to ask for help. And at a minimum, come back to this podcast and we'll keep talking. I'll be here with a cup of coffee and you can have some too. So with that being said, these were the three things that I suggest everyone do as they get engaged and as they're planning their wedding. I guess wedding planning would be like taking a trip. When you're taking a trip, you are excited about your destination, you arrive to your airport, you're trying to rush through because you want to get on that plane and leave and be in the beach in the Maldives. But before you do that, you have to go through airport security. Now, let's say that the vendors or TSA who's screening you through, you put your bags down and you rush through the the radar scanner thing and it starts beeping and they say ma'am sir you left your phone in your pocket okay you know let's go back and then you go through again ma'am sir you have spare change in your coat okay well let's go back and then they say ma'am sir you you forgot to take off your boots see now this screening process will possibly not only hold you back but you're holding back the line as well So at this point, they're just going to push you aside and take you to jail. I'm just kidding. But making sure that you have all your things in order before you go through this screening process will make everything so much more seamless and will help you get to your destination faster. Because as you go through the scanner and you say, hey, I listen to this podcast and I know what I want. I know where I want it. I know how much I want to spend. I know who's going. This is all my information. These are all my documents. These are all my travel plans. Can you help me? They're going to say, come right on through. We're going to make sure this happens and we're going to make sure we get you to where you want to go. That was probably a terrible example. That's what I thought of because I'm on my way to SFO right now. And I will be back possibly next week. So thank you for being here. Thank you for spending this time with me and thank you for giving me some of your time and attention now you have to get back to planning a wedding